You are about to enter the world of humble hauntings. But first, a message from our friends at Two Chicks and a Crucifix. y'all it's lark and kim from kudzu killers homicide is sweetie and we're pleased to announce our brand new show two chicks and a crucifix we're gonna have a good time yakking about paranormal phenomena like ghosts and monsters and conspiracy theories and bigfoot bigfoot you know i'm partial to bigfoot right uh, anyway we hope you come listen to our new paranormal show and have some fun in 2021 See, I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Stop it. You'll be the ghostess with the mostest. Cut it out. We love parapsychology and cryptozoology. And now for today's story. Keep looking around, it has to be around here somewhere. It's called Healer Heathen Heretic. It has a dark green cover with gold letters. You can't miss it, it's horribly flashy. Yes, that one. You're really getting good at this, don't you think, Barnaby? They stepped on your tail once, little cat. You have to learn to let things go. Now, let's see. This book contains every witch found in folklore and in the history of the universe. Baba Yaga, Hecate, Morgan Le Fay. Name any witch and you will find her in this book. And luckily for us, I'm on a first name basis with many of them. Some even owe me favors. So let's see if we can't cash one of those in. Well, of course they are real. Just because you find them in legends doesn't mean they aren't real. Honestly, you're in a magic house that contains doors to every time and place in the universe, with a cat who makes tea and runs a library, and a very resourceful shadow person. Not to mention you're being chased by some sort of monster from another world. Are you seriously telling me these things still surprise you? Come on. I am not nagging you. But before this forest destroys the universe and us with it, Let's get started, shall we? That's more like it. Let's find ourselves a witch. Witches have been called many things throughout history. Healers, heathens, heretics, hags. They can be found in myths and legends all over the world, and even in some religious texts. Witches are women of an otherworldly power. Some see them as helpful individuals who can cure ailments and work with the elements of nature, while others view them as dark enchantresses, serving demons or even the devil himself. 
But whether you believe they are heaven-sent or hell-bent, wise women or withered crone, sorceress or she-devil, one thing is certain. These powerful beings have left their mark on history and mythology. Witches can be found in many religions and beliefs from around the world. Even the Old Testament holds tales of these women, like the Witch of Endor. In the story of the Witch of Endor, King Saul, the first king of Israel, has banished all conjurers and sorcerers from his kingdom. Anyone who is found to practice magic is banished from Israel forevermore. But when he becomes concerned on the outcome of the upcoming battle against the Philistines, he speaks with his servants and asks if any of them know someone with a, quote, familiar spirit who could offer their services to him, a.k.a. a sorcerer. His servants tell him that there is indeed such a person who can help him, a woman in Endor. So under the cover of a nightfall and disguised so he won't be recognized, King Saul seeks out the Witch of Endor and asks her to summon the spirit of the prophet Samuel so that he may tell him what awaits the king at the battle against the Philistines. But the sorceress reminds the king of his very own law that forbade her from doing such a thing. She tells him that his laws are the very thing that binds her from performing her craft. After King Saul assures her that she will be protected if she helps him, she summons the spirit of the prophet Samuel, who tells the king that he and his three sons will die in battle the very next day, and the Israelites will fall to the Philistines. Witches also play a prominent role in Greek mythology. The most well-known is Hecate, the goddess of boundaries, crossroads, witchcraft, and ghosts. Hecate was the only child of both Perses and Asteria, who gave her powers over the earth, sea, and heavens, though some say she is the daughter of Zeus and Demeter. When Demeter's daughter Persephone went missing after being abducted by Hades, it was Hecate who helped Demeter find her, lighting the way with her torch, an object that is often depicted in classical artwork of the goddess. Once Demeter and Persephone were reunited, Hecate became Persephone's companion and attendant during the time of year when the spring goddess must join her husband in the underworld. In doing so, Hecate also became a deity of the lower world herself. She is often described as a mighty goddess and a formidable force if reckoned with. She rules over the souls of the departed whom she wanders the surface world with by night, bringing forth spirits that dwell below or at any point where two roads crossed each other. It was said that her coming was announced by the howling of Stygian dogs that accompanied her on her travels. She was worshipped throughout Athens, and sacrifices were often made to her, such as honey, black female lambs, and even dogs. The daughter of Perse and Helios, the titan sun god, Circe was destined to be a powerful enchantress. She was gifted in the art of potion making, an expert at working with herbs, and could even turn humans into animals. She is best known for her appearance in Homer's Odyssey, 
where she turns Odysseus's sailors into pigs when they reach the island of Aia, where she lived. Odysseus manages to escape this fate with the help of Hermes by tricking her. Instead of becoming a pig like his men, Odysseus becomes Circe's lover for a single year. Together, they had three children. Telegonus, the youngest of the three, would later kill Odysseus. Before Odysseus, Circe was somewhat of a vengeful lover. She fell in love with two men before the father of her children, a mortal and a god. The mortal man, known as Picus, was approached by Circe, but he rejected her, for he was madly in love and faithful to his wife. After continuing to reject Circe's advances, the sorceress turns Picus into a woodpecker. His wife, unable to bear a life without her husband, throws herself into the river Tiber and dies. The god Circe fell in love with was a sea god known as Glaucus. Glaucus went to Circe to ask for a potion that would make Scylla fall for him. But Circe was in love with Glaucus and confessed her feelings for him, asking him to choose her as his lover instead of the nymph. When he turns down her offer, she gives him the potion and sends him on his way. But it was no love potion Circe gave him. Full of hurt and spiteful from his rejection, Circe instead gives him a potion that turns Scylla into a hideous, man-eating monster that Odysseus and his men later have to get past while departing Aia. Magic runs in this mythological family because Medea, the niece of Circe, was also a powerful sorceress. Medea was the daughter of King Aetes and wife to the great hero Jason. She met her husband when he and the Argonauts arrived in Colchis in order to obtain the legendary Golden Fleece owned by her father. They fell in love, and Medea agreed to use her magic to help Jason retrieve the Golden Fleece as long as he promised to take her with him when he left for home. Jason agreed and went to King Aedes, who said he would give him the fleece if Jason completed a series of tasks. The first task is to plow a field with fire-breathing oxen. So, Medea takes him aside and administers a magical ointment to his weapons and his body that will make him fireproof. For the second task, Jason has to take dragon's teeth and plant them in the field he plowed. With guidance from Medea, Jason is not surprised when an army of soldiers pops up out of the earth. He throws a rock amongst them, and the soldiers, not knowing who has cast the stone, begin to fight amongst each other and end up killing one another until only Jason is left standing. Finally, Jason has to slay the sleepless dragon that guards the Golden Fleece. So, Medea prepares and gifts Jason with sleeping herbs to make the dragon rest. And once the dragon falls asleep, he is able to slay him and take his prize. Once they sail away, it quickly becomes clear that Medea's father was not true to his word. The king ends up pursuing her and Jason. In order to slow him down, Medea kills her own brother, cuts him into pieces, and scatters his remains amongst the waves. The king stops to gather the remains and give his son a proper burial, which allows Jason and Medea enough time to get away. They stop on Aia, and Medea's aunt Circe absolves her of her sins. 
After a long journey and a few more deaths, Jason and Medea settled down in Corinth and had many children. But like many stories in Greek mythology, this story does not have a happy ending. You see, Jason ends up leaving Medea when he falls in love with Glossy, the king of Corinth's daughter. He ends up marrying Glossy, and Medea, enraged by this, sends a coronet and a dress laced with poison to Glossy and the king. They both die, leaving Jason a widow, and on top of that, she also murders all of her and Jason's children and flees to Athens upon a golden chariot sent to her by her grandfather, the god of the sun, Helios. In her travels, she runs across the legendary hero Hercules after he has been cursed by Hera and even uses her magic to help heal him. After settling in Athens, she marries King Aegeus and together they have a son they name Medus. But their happy ending is cut short when Theseus, the long lost son of Aegeus, returns. The king does not recognize Theseus at first, but Medea sure does. Not wanting her son to be passed over as the heir to the kingdom, she tries to poison Theseus by offering him something to drink. King Aegeus, however, finally recognizes his son and stops him from drinking the poison just in time. There are two versions to how this story ends. One states that Medea and her son fled to what is now modern-day Iran, living amongst the locals and even changing her name. But another legend says that she returned to Colchis once more to find that her father's throne had been usurped by her uncle. Full of rage at this news, Medea murders her uncle and restores her father to the throne. When speaking of legendary witches, one must mention the sorceresses of Arthurian legend. Nimue, also known as the Lady of the Lake, is quite the fascinating character. In some tales, she is the one who bestows the sword Excalibur onto Arthur, also becoming his advisor and helping him in times of need. This sword is even returned to her by King Arthur's knights after his passing. Other legends depict her as a motherly figure who raises Lancelot after his father dies. As a foster mother to this future knight of the round table, she is caring and offers guidance to Lancelot, telling him, quote, A knight should have two hearts, one as hard and impenetrable as diamond, and the other as soft and pliable as hot wax. Then there are more sinister tales of Nimue, involving Merlin. In these stories, she is often called Vivian, a seductress who uses Merlin's love for her to become his student. She promises to return his affections only if he teaches her all the magic he knows. Once she learns what she needs to, however, she uses her newfound powers to trap Merlin in an invisible tower or, in some stories, imprison him within a tree. And then, of course, there's Morgan Le Fay. In early legends, Morgan Le Fay was a benevolent enchantress who protected Arthur. But later, her story took a darker turn when she became known as his half-sister, child of their mother Igraine and Igraine's first husband. A spiteful sibling, an adversary to King Arthur, she manipulates people and situations to bring him grief. 
She even manipulates Merlin into showing her his magic and uses her powers to destroy the loyalties among King Arthur's court, including the situation between Arthur's wife Guinevere and the knight Lancelot, who eventually become lovers. Through her power of shape-shifting, she even gets King Arthur to commit adultery by seducing him with her shape-shifting creation, Camille. Still, there are other more benevolent versions of her story. Some that say she helped escort Arthur to Avalon, or the Isle of Apples, after he was mortally wounded. There, she promised to heal him and let him stay on Avalon until the day when he must return to Britain in the land's hour of need. Hello, MJ McAdams here. Today's tales will continue after a brief message from our sponsors. So stick around. More haunts are waiting for you just around the corner. There are good witches, there are bad witches, and there are a few witches who are in between. Mother Ludlam, the Surrey Witch of Legend, was said to be kind in nature. She was an old woman who practiced white magic in her cave by the village of Frinsham. But she was not feared by locals. Quite the opposite, in fact. Mother Ludlam had an agreement with the villagers that they could borrow whatever they wished under the agreement that anything they did borrow would be returned to her within two days' time. The hopeful borrowers had to stand on a boulder at the entrance of her cave and call out the item they desired. When they went home, they would find the item of their choice waiting on their doorstep. All was well as long as they returned it within two days. One day, a local man came to her cave and requested to borrow her cauldron. She reluctantly agreed, but reminded him to return the cauldron within two days, or else. But the man forgot, and soon the sweet Mother Ludlam flew into a rage and left her cave to seek vengeance against the villager. When the man realized he was doomed, he fled with the cauldron and sought refuge in Frensham Church, where the cauldron still sits to this day. Baba Yaga is a well-known witch of Slavic folklore. Dwelling deep within the forests of Russia, Baba Yaga travels through her domain in a giant mortar and pestle, sweeping her tracks away with a broom made of silver birch. She also lives in a hut that sits atop two chicken legs and is surrounded by glowing skulls. One must be shown the way in order to find her hut, a path that is usually laid out with a series of markers such as magic thread or feathers. Those who find her hut might see it spinning around as it walks through the forest, and some say the hut even has eyes that watch as visitors approach it. The hut will turn its back to the newcomer until they speak the incantation, Hut, hut, turn your back to the forest and your front to me. Then the hut will shriek and spin more violently, but eventually it will come to a stop and lower itself for the person to enter Baba Yaga's domain. 
Though she can be dangerous and devour those who fail to succeed in the tasks she gives them, Baba Yaga is also known for helping heroes, or those who are pure of heart. Heroes who seek her out and make their way into her hut must answer her initial questions by saying, quote, Hey you, old woman, first you must satisfy my hunger, then you must satisfy my thirst, then let me wash myself in your banya, then let me sleep in, and then you ask me anything. Once this is said, Baba Yaga will usually aid them in their quest. Those who displease her have their bones added to the fence of her hut, their skulls becoming lanterns that bite against the darkness of the night. Yes, this supernatural crone can be a friend or foe, depending on the tale. In some stories, she's a cannibalistic witch who captures humans and cooks them. In other stories, she helps those who seek her wisdom. As in the tale of Vasilisa the Beautiful. Vasilisa lived with her wicked stepmother and two stepsisters, all of whom were plotting to get her killed. But when all their attempts failed, they sent her out into the forest to seek Baba Yaga, knowing that the witch had a taste for human flesh. Vasilisa reaches Baba Yaga's hut, but instead of devouring her, she makes Vasilisa complete a series of seemingly impossible tasks, like separating grains of rice from wheat kernels before sunrise. When Vasilisa the Beautiful succeeds in these tasks, Baba Yaga rewards her with one of the skull lanterns that surrounds her home. When Vasilisa returns home with the skull lantern, it immediately sets her evil family on fire and kills them. Vasilisa then lives happily ever after, soon after their deaths, when she marries the Tsar, a guardian of the fountain of the waters of life and of death, ruler over the elements and her forest domain, bone mother and bringer of wisdom, death, and rebirth. Baba Yaga is one of the most ambiguous characters in folklore. Wild and full of wisdom, she is neither good nor evil, but rather a raw force of nature. A powerful figure, this witch or forest goddess, and her many tales still fuel our imaginations and our stories to this day. Aha! Found it! This is just the witch I'm looking for, Maggie Mel. It's been a long time since I've seen her. Luckily for us, she owes me a favor. Barnaby, quick, fetch the mandrake root from the cupboards. Thank you. All right, both of you stand back. Maggie Mel, lady of the oak, mother of the forest floor, child of the green world. I hold the symbol of your labors in my hand and beseech you to enter my domain. By the power of all that is green, hear me and answer this call. Who has summoned me from my forest? Hello, Maggie. It was me. I need your help with something. McAdams. It's been a century at least. Very well. With this, my debt to you is paid. 
but I must ask, what could a shadow being possibly want from me? There's been a disturbance here at Arcane. Some very ancient, dark magic. It's opened up a door to another world whose forest is consuming this place. I need it stopped and reversed at once. Hmm. It's possible I can help. Take me to it. We don't have to go very far to show you that. It's to the library door now. This is a mess. Very old magic indeed. But it's not the forest's fault. It's the door. Something is sucking the power from this place. Eating it away. Eating it? Calm down, calm down. I will reverse it and place a protection on this place. But it won't hold forever. You need to figure out who is this foe and rid yourselves of them. Or they will be back. Noted. I think I have an idea on who's to blame. You would do well to stop them then. Or all the worlds might fall to this monster. And I don't know about you, but I rather enjoy existing. We're taking down a monster at the moment. They must be trying to find a way to weaken Arcane. The feeling is mutual. Now, what do you need to fix this? Just stand back and be silent. All of you. I shall do the rest. Done and done. That should hold you over for now. Thank you, Maggie. I will let you know as soon as we get rid of that... Monster? Captain! Captain, what's happening? What's wrong? Get away from them, now. What's happening? What are you doing to them? This is why I carry my supplies with me. Captain, is it? This here is wolfsbane flower. Poisonous to regular humans, but to your kind it merely renders you harmless when the moon is full. I know you're in a lot of pain, but you must chew this. Do you understand? Good. Chew it up now. And swallow. There we go. Good. Very good. That's what they were. They were a werewolf all this time. How could I have been so stupid? Happens to the best of us. The wolfsbane, did it work? We are about to see now. This is just great. Here we go. Stay close, Barnaby. Thank you for joining us today at Humble Hauntings. If you enjoyed today's tale, then feel free to leave a review and subscribe to our show. Don't forget to share with friends and family as well, because after all, when it comes to exploring the unknown, the more, the scarier. And remember, my spookables, home is where the haunt is.